Hi guys, welcome back to Bring Your Own Baggage. Today I'm joined by a very special guest and that is Marley Freigang. Marley is an actress and podcaster and she is the host of the podcast Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl, which can be found wherever you find your podcasts. Um, I recently started listening to your podcast after you emailed me and I'm a huge fan. So welcome, Marley. That's so sweet. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I love, you've got a great title for your podcast. I love it. Thank you. I have to credit my friend Kat for that. She had the inspiration. I was like, I feel like I'm not a very creative person. It really Mm -hmm. encompasses what you're doing with your podcast. We're talking about, you know, kind of like how to deal with what we are and who we are and how much we bring into situations, which is like, bringing your own baggage and stuff. So I I vibe with it. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I do love the name. Today we're talking about kind of just like pressure, competition, comparison, all of that. To start off the episode, I wanted to just give a definition of self-directed perfectionism since I didn't even realize that there are three different categories of perfectionism. But I think that self-directed perfectionism is, is the background for this episode the most because It is when you don't necessarily care what others may have to say about your performance, but you have, quote unquote, impractically high standards of your own. And if you don't achieve the standards of perfection that you have for yourself, you may get very upset with yourself. And I personally feel like this is the worst kind of perfectionism because I like in my personal experience, I feel like nothing I ever do is good enough for myself. Like whenever I accomplish something, I'm like, okay well, obviously that wasn't hard enough. So I need to do something more. And, you know, like no one is putting, no one is telling me like, that's not good enough. Like you need to do more, but like in my head, I get so in my head and that's kind of what like pushes me to burn out. And so to start off for you, how have you dealt with competition against yourself in the post-grad setting? Oh my gosh. Well, on some level, I feel like you never stop with it on Mm -hmm. some level, but like competition against yourself is the most motivating thing in the entire world. And it's the most crippling thing in the entire world, because really, I think at the end of the day, you know, you're just left with yourself. And, you know, I've struggled a ton with comparing myself to others around me living in LA. Everyone Mm kind of has this uh, vars I call it a varsity school mentality. Like Mm -hmm. they, you know, they were on the varsity team and high school, they come here, they think, you know, they're going to be the NFL and whatnot. And that can lead to a lot of like insecurity when comparing yourself to others. But then when you start to look internally, especially in the post-grad life, that is the first time you don't have grades, you don't have a GPA, there's really not the markers to categorize how you're doing, it becomes you're successful or you're not. Mm -hmm. And it seems so black and white. And I have to say, I personally think social media has made that so much worse because Mm -hmm. now we see you're successful or you're not. And that's like it, but we don't, we don't see all the in-between. So that can lead you to feeling so competitive with yourself. And I have to say, like, on one level, I love that I'm so competitive with myself. I think it can be a huge motivator. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it does make you hypercritical of everything you do. Mm-hmm. It makes you hyper aware of where you are at. And it can minimize the small things that you have accomplished or the steps you have taken. Mm-hmm. And 
it has allowed me to realize in the post-grad life, once I could really quiet the not comparing game is like, you're only trying to be 1% better. And that's 1% are for you and by you. And it's on you to do it, which again, can be a lot of pressure. But at the same time, that for you by you is also the same person that needs to be taking care of yourself, pacing yourself and like thinking of the long term goal, not just like of the XYZ that you want to show up tomorrow. So mm-hmm. it's a blessing and a curse. There's um, a book that I do adore. And I, I do think it's very needs to be taken with a grain of salt. It's mm-hmm. called Relentless by Tim Grover. He mm-hmm. was the uh, mental and kind of like coach for Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. And he talks about kind of like the dark side and like the dark shadow. And like, that is, you know, the person who is vicious, like, you know, a killer or whatever, you know, what is your dark side? And like, I think that very competitive people with themselves, that is their dark side. It's a blessing and a curse, but you need to learn to put a lid on it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I feel like that's a great segue into the nu- the next question about finding a balance between motivating yourself and pushing yourself to the point of burnout. But before we go into that, I'm curious. So I know you moved, you said you moved to LA for college before we started mm-hmm. recording. So where did you move from? I moved from Albuquerque, New Mexico. I can't, okay. I didn't even live in Albuquerque. I lived in Cedar Crest, New Mexico. I okay. went to high school in Albuquerque. So very, very small town too. Like the amount of people who live in New Mexico probably lived in the space from where my college was to the airport. So it was a big change. Yeah, no, I can, I can imagine. So with that, how, how did your, I feel like, how did the internal competition you have and your desire for like perfection change moving from like a small town to a city like LA that is notoriously known for being you know, home to people who are very motivated, like very much like social climbing or like what difference did you see and how did you kind of manage that culture change? Wow. Well, first of all, I was always somebody who had not, that's actually not true. I found out I was dyslexic when I was in fourth grade mm-hmm. and actually second grade. See, dyslexia, just kidding. <laughs> um, but in second grade, I found out it was dyslexic. And by fourth grade, it had really started to affect me mentally, thinking mm-hmm. I won't be good at things. So that really kicked into me this drive to mm-hmm. be very good at school, to, you know, adopt the Blair Waldorf mentality around school. Mm-hmm. Um, such a weird reference. But if you actually yeah. read the Gossip Girl books, Blair is very, very good at school. I mean, she yeah. wants to go to Yale. We know that from the show. But, like, yeah. I really adopted that mindset. And so that's where my perfectionism kind of started. And then I went to college and I never felt like I achieved, you know, complete perfectionism in my small town. And then I showed up in LA and all those securities blew up. Like it just became, imagine whatever you're going through like that 10 times harder. Mm -hmm. Everyone was that talented, everybody. And I was a dance major until everybody was that smart. And that is one thing about going to colleges that I don't think is explained enough. When you go to a college, you end up at the place because it's the right place for you. So a lot of the people around you are just like you. So also as smart as you or also have the same like morals and whatnot. And then you're kind of thrown into a lot of same, same, same. And so, yeah, moving here, it was um, 
a wake up call. And there's a lot of people doing the same thing. And it, it becomes you're not special because of it. It's the standard. Mm. And you have to learn to balance that for the sake of your own mental health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it's something that's so hard to balance because there is just so much pressure from society to excel and be successful. And the measure of success is based on material things like how much money you're making, you know, your physical appearance and stuff like that. And so I feel like post-grad, I really struggled with comparison against myself because what you were saying before, I really resonated with, you don't have grades, you don't have a GPA, you don't have a set indicator of how well you're doing. And so now I'm like, okay, I can control the out- the outcome of my life if I'm perfect and I do everything right. And then, you know, that's how I will succeed. And like, that's how I'll get what I want in life. But it's no one is perfect. And, you know, there's never going to be, I feel like, when I, as long as I have that mindset, I'm never going to be accomplished in my eyes. Because again, like what I was saying earlier, there's always something better out there that I can be doing. Yeah, it's hard. I I did do and did a very similar thing. It's like forever moving dot. And it's like, we're always chasing like the thing. So it's like, even when you get there, you don't stop to enjoy it. And you need to stop to enjoy it. Because like, who knows how long it's going to be till A, it comes again. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's something else you said that I wanted to touch on. You know, it's so interesting. We put so much weight in um, how it looks to deeming it successful. It's so interesting. Uh, I had uh, Laura from the Brave Girls Project on my podcast and she works with teens. And um, she was talking about how it's so interesting that because like someone's beautiful and their life looks beautiful, we just automatically deem them successful Mm -hmm. and it's actually not an indication at all Mm -hmm. like nothing it it tells you nothing about the insights there's nothing about the financial report into that you have no idea but yet when something looks pretty we instantly like see it that way it's Mm -hmm. just very odd thing that we do in um society I guess definitely yeah it's really you know, I feel like you never really know how successful someone is. You just know how they portray themselves to be. And that goes into, I was like reading this blog post on Psych Today about achievement and perfection. And the author was talking about how there are two types of achievement goals. There's the mastery goals, which is when you actually want to get better, get smarter, more knowledgeable about a topic or skill. And the other type of goal is a performance goal. And this is when you are interested in completing a task to demonstrate how smart you are or how capable you are to other people. And so you want to have the best, like in college, you want to have like the best grades in your class just to say that you are at like the top of the curve. Um, And it's not really, the focus isn't on improving yourself to be a better person. It's more just beating other people for the gain of it. Um, And the question like the author asks at the end of it is, are you wanting to prove something to yourself or are you wanting to please an outside judge? I am closer to my thirties and I'm closer to my twenties at this point. Mm -hmm. And that is something I've had to really look at recently. Like what is for others or so others think X about me and what is for me so I can say X about me. They're two totally different things. And yet they're so, so confused. And I 
have had to sit and like think about a lot that I actually don't know the difference. And I might not come to that. I hope that comes with a little bit more age, but we'll see. Like it, it really is very confusing to see, no, I really want this for myself because it means something to me and my identity Or is that just what I want people to think I am? It's very, very confusing. (laughs) Yeah, it is confusing. But I mean, with that, we can go back to the the question of how to find a balance between motivating yourself and pushing yourself to the point of burnout. And Mm -hmm. I uh, really liked your podcast episode, actually, where you talked about, I think it was the New Year's podcast episode where you talked about setting goals. And I liked how you, you know, in the podcast talked about focusing on basically the journey to the goal instead of the goal itself. Um, And I think that's really important to differentiate between because I don't think that having goals is a bad thing, but I think it becomes a bad thing when you're just focused on you achieving that goal instead of the part where you're working towards that. Yeah. And so how have you found a good balance between this like motivating yourself versus burnout? It's, I'm, I can't sugarcoat it that it's not super easy. Like mm-hmm. it, there are times I think in your life, you have to go hard. You have to go so hard on the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's the dissertation, if it's the job or whatever, and, you know, go hard, whatnot, take care of yourself absolutely the best you can. But at the same time, find the time when you're off and go hard off. If that's turning off the phone, if that's turning off Slack, if that's whatever it is, you have to equally go as hard on as you go as hard off. And for some people that can be really long periods of time. And then like, they just have to like go offline, like cut Mm -hmm. it and really, really, really recoup. So like, that's how I have started to find the balance. I wish I had appreciated a little, like I had a kind of a slow chunk in 2022, I had time off or like slower time and I did not appreciate it. I was antsy and I kept thinking, oh, I got to be hustling. I should be doing yes. more X, Y, Z, yeah. Z, blah, blah, blah. And I got burned out of having free time, literally. And then now come 2023, the beginning of my year has been crazy. And I'm like, why did I not appreciate when that was happening? And now I'm like in a huge phase of where I just have to go so hard again. Um, And, but the thing I also do think does help short term is, I mean, it sounds so cliche, but like a little bit of self-care, like a little bit of just like, I'm doing this literally because it makes me feel good. I do not need to get up and do my hair every single day, but like that makes me feel good for some people. Like that is just like, I slept an extra 15 minutes. I spent, I went and got a matcha, whatever it is that makes you feel a little sparkly and a little special, I think can carry you through those times and maybe like add a little bit of balance when there is so like much not balance going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that completely answers yeah, your question. Definitely. But- no, it does. And I relate to that so hard of you know, like right now, I feel like I'm in a period of my life where I do have a lot of downtime. And that's something that has caused me unnecessary stress. Like I'm stressed about the lack of stuff I have to do right now. And so I feel like I'm kind of just piling things on. And I was like reflecting and I was like, why don't I just let myself chill and like relax? Like when I'm at a period of my life right now, like in my early twenties where, you know, 
in the big picture, I don't have much right now that I need to stress about. Like, I feel like I'm still at that period of my life where I can just figure out what I want to do and I don't have to worry about paying. I don't have a car right now, so I don't need to worry about like paying bills for my car and I don't have to worry about like what health insurance I have and like all of that stuff. Like, I feel like I'm at a point in my life right now where I can still kind of coast. And instead of enjoying that, I'm just trying to pile all this stuff on because I think that's what I need to do. And another, I listened to your podcast episode that came out today. I'm really on it. (laughs) Wow. You are really on it. (laughs) Where you talked about focus with, um, I forget the guest. Dan White. Yep. Yes. Dan White. Yep. Um, but I like how you guys are talking about like the focus circles and how you need to just focus on one thing at a time. And I think that goes back to what you were saying, kind of like the work hard, play hard mentality. Like it doesn't do you any good if while you're working, you're thinking about how you don't want to be doing that and how you'd rather just to be like home watching TV. But then when you get home and you're relaxing, you're thinking about all the things that you can be doing. And I feel like sometimes I get stuck in the trap where my brain just never shuts off and it's going in a million directions at once. And I feel like I'm not, sometimes I'm not the most productive that I can be because even when I'm doing one task, I'm like, oh, I should be doing this instead. Or like, I'll be at work and I'll be like, what am I going to make for dinner this week? Like, make sure I put a grocery list together and stuff like that. And it's just, it's never, it's never stopping. So I think definitely a good, a way to find a balance between motivating yourself and not getting to the point of burnout is like even just like setting, doing self-care, like what you said, but also just like setting a time being like at 6.30 PM, I'm eating dinner and then I'm not thinking about work for the rest of the day. Oh, I have so much to say about that. Cause a, I was in the same exact place. And sometimes that place comes back. It's like where your brain, you know how, like if you open Safari and you leave yeah. too many tabs yeah. open, that's how it can feel. You're like, it's uh. like, I got this tap. What's for dinner? What's this? What am I doing this weekend? Here's work. Here's school, whatever it is. Like they're all open at the same time. I've been in that place so much. And that's one of the things I really love that Deneen talks about is like, you can't really multitask. Yes, you can on some level. I still believe I can, but like there's passive multitasking and then there's like bad quality multitasking. And like, you have to just like learn to be like, when this thing gets done, I can switch my brain to the next, which is kind of what she's really talking about in the episode is like taking the thing you have at the time and being the most present on it. And then when that's complete, being able to like switch to it. Um, what else did you just say? I want to, there's another thought there. Honestly, whenever I talk, I feel like it's word vomit and I kind of that's like okay. black out. Um, blacking out. I blacked out too. Cause I was talking about Janine and then I was going to say yeah, something else. Maybe the other questions will jog, will jog your memory on. I feel like they're Got all pretty similar. Um, okay. So the next question I have for you is why do you think it's so easy to compare yourself with others post-grad? How is it not? I mean, it's <laughs> just, it's it, like, how is it not? Like yeah. literally give me the person who is like, does not compare themselves to yeah. other people they know. I mean, that's the thing too, is the realization I had and why I even wanted to start my podcast is realizing that People do do it. Even like the girl who's like a Victoria, well, Victoria's Secret models are kind of different now, but like, yeah. you know, 2005 Victoria's Secret model, yeah. like she wants to be high fashion and the high fashion girly wants to do this and that. And like, it goes on and on and on. Uh, like there's this idea that you're never satisfied. And so in post-grad life, 
again, you're, it's the first time you are really out of like a confined space. And so you are just going to start searching for markers to compare yourself against. And they're there. Like if you're looking for them, they're there. We've got social media, we've got LinkedIn, like it's all right there. So I think that's what makes it so easy. I think the thing that needs to help you take out of it is just like, a little bit of having horse blinders on. It's mm-hmm. just being like, I'm doing this for me, mm-hmm. or I want to do this, or maybe I am doing this because I want people to think about me, but like, I'm just going to not care. Like you do not have, this is actually what I was going to say, but <laughs> you don't have that much energy. Like you yeah. really don't have that much energy to waste on other things. Mm-hmm. So it's like the, all those other phone screens, you you, if you lost two of those that are maybe like irrational fears and self-doubts, think about how much more energy you would have to apply to grad school to make a healthy mm-hmm. dinner or maybe make an unhealthy dinner that you just like. You yeah. just gain back so much energy by closing those. And I think a big one, I mean, I can lose so much energy on comparing myself or mm-hmm. thinking I'm not doing enough, but you know, I've learned to just be like, exit out of that phone screen because I actually need the energy to go do the thing I want to do. Definitely. Yeah. And I love the, like the imagery of kind of Xing out of that tab on your a million Safari tabs that are open. And I think it yep. can be helpful to literally, like, this is kind of like a CBT skill that I learned in therapy in high school of literally just imagining yourself, like, switching off the radio station of that comparing thought and being like okay that's really annoying good thing I can turn that off and just like turning off that radio station or closing that tab you don't have to deny it forever that's the thing too that's the thing too is like I post-grad did not I was not open enough with my friends because I felt like they were very successful yeah some right out the gate and you know some went back to school and you know some just like also were free and that they didn't really care what they were going to be doing. And I didn't lean on my friends enough. Like I probably should have shared more that I'm struggling or I didn't struggle right away. And then I did. And and now I'm sort of back to like a weird phase of it, you know, maybe because I'm approaching 30 or closer to 30. I'm not, I'm not, not quite there. The point is I'm closer to it than I was. And, you know, so close the screens, but don't suffer in silence. Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree because you know, even if you think that your friends are super successful and they have it all together, I can assure you that no one in their 20s, actually, I feel like no one in their life period really does have their life together. Even if someone is like succeeding in their career path, you don't know, like they're probably having issues somewhere else, whether that be with their body image or their relationships or their social life. There's always something that people are struggling with because no one is perfect. Another thing I wanted to touch on is like the fact that you, I feel like only find success when you find that internal validation for yourself and you can take the time to be proud of yourself because I feel like we don't take enough time to look back on like what we've accomplished and life is all about the small wins, you know, like I think it's important to kind of practice like affirmations and reflecting at the end of the day, even if that's just saying, three things that you're proud of yourself for. I feel like that's something that can feel uncomfortable to do since we're so conditioned to, I feel like self-deprecate on, on almost and oh. be like, oh no, like I'm, I'm 
not where I need to be because this person is like five steps ahead of me or something like that. So I think it's so important to take that time and be like, I'm proud of myself for doing something small. Like I'm proud of myself for going to the grocery. I hate grocery shopping. I feel like every time I go into a grocery store, I'm just overwhelmed. And then at the end, I like black and I'm like, how did I spend $200 on groceries for one week for one person? But yeah, just like celebrating the small wins and even like keeping, I think that's something that's easy to do with your friends, like keeping yourselves both accountable for celebrating those small wins at the end of the day, checking in with your friend, like, Hey, what, what's something that you did today that you're proud of yourself for? Mm-hmm. And it seems cheesy. Like even when I'm saying it right now, it does seem a little cheesy, but it's those small things that really tweak the way that you view yourself. And I feel like those small things are the ones like that add up and eventually help you work on that internal validation. I totally agree. I like, I don't know if this is true. So like, don't cite the source, but like, (laughs) I heard this story and it's about actors. And it's like, after they win like an Academy Award or an Emmy, the next day is the worst day of their life. Because on some level, where do you go from there? Yeah. Right. Where do you go? You know, like you, you can try to do it again, which I'm sure some do, but like, you know, you have to love the fight, the fight to get there and the the steps yeah. along the way. And like, yes, it will winning an Academy Award and Emmy, I'm sure it feels great. But yeah. like, if you don't enjoy the fight along the way and like, don't stop to pause, like, A, is it going to mean that much? B, are you actually going to do that? And then also, I think there's a really common problem with seeing our successes, because even when you get it, you think, oh, I should have had it sooner. Or like, oh, like blah, 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 got this five years ago. Or like, I'm going for the next thing. Yeah. Like you have to learn to just like be grateful. And like, we don't, I don't think honor that enough for ourselves because when we say, oh, I'm grateful. I made these steps. It's like, or like, I'm so proud of myself, especially as women. Sometimes that seems really selfish. Yeah. People are like, like, oh, that's so arrogant or like Mm -hmm. boastful and whatnot. And it's like, let's like take that away. The word selfish is not a bad thing. Like, I am self and I take care of my ish, like not a bad thing. I don't think (laughs) like, I literally do not think it's a bad thing. So it's like, enjoy your fight just as much as when you get that thing, you know, or whatever it is. But then also know when you get that thing, you're going to have to find another thing. (laughs) So enjoy it. Exactly. And that actually jogged my memory of what I was going to say. So what I was thinking when you were talking about before with, comparing yourselves to other people or you know when you accomplish something being like so and so got this a few years ago like they were at this point of their life a few years ago and I'm just now getting here and it makes me think of how sometimes I will self-sabotage myself because I'm just so consumed with comparing myself to other people I'm like oh this person has this big girl job and she's making a lot of money and she has a nice apartment and she has friends and a social circle and stuff like that and I'm their same age but I haven't gone there yet and I feel like I really haven't made any steps towards getting there and so I might as well not even try because you know I'm already going to be behind and it just kind of spirals and so I think when you compare yourself so often to other people and you look at other people's success to measure your own, you do get caught up in the potential risk of self-sabotage and telling yourself you can't do something because someone else has already had it, has already got it. Right. Oh, there's so much I want to say there. I think, you know, going for something, you know, go, go for it. No matter if somebody else already has it, because even if you don't get it, I always say this, or I've started to say it a lot is, shoot for the moon. And if you fall on the stars, it's not that bad. 
I think that was an example I read in a book about like the chicken soup for the soul. Like yeah. they wanted to make a million dollars and they made 900 or 900,000. Like, oh, boo hoo. You got so yeah. close though. So like, don't boo hoo the trying, um, yeah. you know, and also like the fear of not doing something because somebody has it or because of the compare or whatnot can be strong, like, or not going all the way in. I had an acting coach say this to me. And I, I actually do believe it to be true. Mm-hmm. So maybe cite the source on this one. But, um, you know, actors will get auditions and they won't go 100% in. They'll, you know, give it their 85, which is still sometimes for some people, that's very good acting, very good skill, great memorization, great choices, whatnot. But it's like, what if you give it 100% mm-hmm. and then you fail? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what you gave it your hundred percent, but giving only that 80 is you get to say, Oh, I didn't try that hard. Yes. You get to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. And so fail, fail hard. Like who, who cares? I have personally felt like I've been in that position where I've given my hundred to auditions or whatnot. And you know what? It doesn't pan out, but you know what? My self-respect and self-worth is going up because I know I'm putting in a hundred instead of a safe 80. Mm -hmm. And also that girl that we're talking about who has the big girl job in the big girl apartment, it might look real great now, but we do not know what five years is going to look like. You yeah. know, she might burn out. She might lose the loved one. She might find out that was not her calling. Who mm-hmm. knows? Mm-hmm. You know, we only know people's past and what they share with us, but we never know our future. And also, you know, I think we've seen this a lot with like TikTok stars. People can blow up really yes. fast yeah. and then they crash. And that's terrifying because it's yeah. like, ooh, you had so much love and now you have so much hate. So exactly. it's like going fast isn't always the best thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I'm so glad you brought up that because I feel like I constantly am like with the rest of the internet obsessed with Alex Earl right now. And totally. I feel like that's something. I'm like, wait, she's younger than me, but she's like doing hey. all of this stuff. But you know, there really is so much behind the scene stuff that we don't see and obviously her life isn't perfect because no one's life is perfect and there is like these cycles with the internet especially you know the internet builds you up and then there's nothing the internet loves to do more than tear you right back down mm-hmm. and like and that and well, that is and here's scary the thing too with that i I saw this with another influencer who really blew up during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. People loved her. She was so authentic. She was so raw. And then Mm -hmm. I honestly think people just got sick of her content and they looked for one thing they could pull her down with. Like, honestly, it was not great. Definitely not a great thing, but like, eh, you know, like it wasn't like cancel worthy. Yeah. yeah, So like if (laughs) people love the build and the pair. Yeah. Basically no one's life is perfect. And all you can do is focus on yourself, your own path. Everyone's path is different. And I feel like people who have the most interesting stories in life have failed or have gotten a late start to where they are. Like I always see this one, like, like not even meme. I don't even know what it's called. This one thing on Instagram that circulates where it's like, Vera Wang didn't design her first wedding gown until she was like 40 or something mm-hmm. like that as a way of being like, you never know where life can take you and how boring would life be if everything just worked out all the time for you and I feel like part of the excitement in life is figuring out what's going to happen next and I've been trying to adopt like a 
their loss mindset. Like if I, obviously no one likes rejection, but I've been trying to look at it like, oh, if I get rejected from a job, if I get rejected from a grad school, then that's their loss. And I'm onto something bigger and better. And people may say that's arrogant of me to say, but that is what's going to get me through the next few years of my life of just being like, I "I can do this. I know that I am capable. And if, you know, this person, if this employer, if the school can't see it, then that's okay. I'll just move on to something else and be excited about what that something else is. Yeah. I challenge that mindset to even be like, not maybe not even their loss, same attitude though. It's like the next is better. Whatever's next is better. Like whatever, not this, but the next is better. And you know, that's something I learned from Amy Park. She, she's been on my show twice, but she talks about manifesting a lot. That's, you know, she's like a life in abundance coast on top of being a series regular actor. No big deal. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's not this, it's the next thing. And, you know, that's where, you know, us recovering people, not people, people, I'm going to take that back, (laughs) recovering perfectionists kind of need to like chill and be like, yeah, you are doing really great things. You produce really great work. You Mm -hmm. work really hard. Hopefully you're a good person doing Mm -hmm. all those things. Like if you just continue to stay the course and if you need to change your course, like know that good things are coming because you are putting that out into the world. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, Marley, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Um, I'm not that wise, but thank you. (laughs) No, I really, I really like the advice that you shared though. And I think that's a good note to leave it off on of the next thing is better. How did you phrase it? The next thing, but better. The next thing is better. Yeah. I think that's a good, good way to end it off. A good way to view your future. Um, And so I will be posting all of Marley's social media tags and such um, on the BRB Instagram. So follow at Bring Your Own Baggage on Instagram. Thank you again for coming on, Marley. And make sure to BYOB next week or the next time I post an episode. We'll see. (laughs) Okay, bye. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye.